0: Listening to Loud on the Set with Kyle and James. A
1: level headed movie critic meets a loud mouthed movie cynic.
0: And action! All right, welcome back to the show. My name is Kyle. This is James. And today, James, what are we doing? Bubba Hotep. Bubba Hotep? Kyle, we're
1: doing Bubba Hotep, baby. Bubba Hotep!
0: favorite movie well one of one of several movies. favorite movies uh, yes. dude I'm so excited to talk to you about this today uh, it's it's one of my favorite movies for sure and uh, and I think we're gonna have a good conversation about it
1: Well, you know in season one of Loudness said Kyle did me a huge favor and you know he humored me as we ground ground through Yeah. That's good. anyway we did not X*, and that was a big favorite of me, and it was a serious one and now we're, we're giving Kyle his turn, and he chooses Bubba Hotel.
0: That's right. <laughs> I'm bringing the same quality that Malcolm X brought in season wow. one to season two. And we're just going to uh, discuss a little bit about what this movie means. Wait, Bubba Hotel? Ah, oh, my God! What the fuck is that? Oh, you guys about Bubba Hotel. It's an amazing
1: movie. It's Where crazy. did you
0: even come from? Over there. Oh, my God. Uh, for those of you that don't know... Uh, uh, Josh just appeared in the room with us. Yeah, you said
1: the name three times. Oh, that was
0: terrifying, you know, Josh. I know, I know it's October. It's and October. I know
1: it's... Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, October. October. What happened last year in October? You you woke up in a biscuit. I
0: don't, yeah.
1: I woke up in a ditch. Well, God damn, it, looks like October's off to a freaking scary show. A this s- guy went <laughs> here nowhere. Oh,
0: Jesus. Excellent.
1: Anyway. Well, Josh, you like Bubba Hotel? I love that movie. Got to be one of the uh, best from the Mighty Works of Wonders Campbell.
0: Yes, indeed. So a little overview without spoiling too much. Uh Bubba Hotep is a film about Elvis, John F Kennedy, and they're fighting a mummy at a rest home in Texas. Did I cover it all? Yeah, pretty much. That's yes. it, right? Yeah. <laughs> without spoiling anything, that's the plot. That should get you interested enough to go and see it right now if you haven't seen it. But from here on out, spoiler city, we're going to talk about this.
1: Well, Kyle, let me let me ask you something. Yes. Give me some context,
0: Kyle and Josh. Don't fucking
1: materialize to. Uh, <laughs> kind of, don't make anybody else materialize here. I'm, I'm already on edge here.
0: Yeah, this is maybe Elvis show up.
1: Um, give the people, the two you nerds, give them some context <laughs> about Bubba Hotel as a cult Favorite like this was not released to great fanfare. It wasn't on 3,000 screens. Give us some background. Give us some history about Blah uh, Blah. I think Bruce Campbell has not pretty much not stopped touring ever since uh Dead* <laughs> right. came out. He's got a fairly dedicated legion of fans. I think he's put out a couple books by himself. This is not a super well-known mainstream actor, but he's got a ton of people who passionately followed his every word, everything he does. So he took this as kind of a pet project, and everywhere he went he had a roadshow and would allow people
0: to come and see this movie and slowly built a cult following. Absolutely. This uh, film, directed by Don Coscarelli, I need to say those names really carefully, yeah. um, uh, cost about $500,000 a make. So, I mean, obviously relatively low-budget film, um, starring Bruce Campbell, Also starring Ozzie Davis, (laughs) what? (laughs) And Ella Joyce as the nurse in the film, who is magnificent as well. It was released in 2002. I learned about it because it came to my local Podunk Theater that uh, basically just put on indie films all the time. So that that was my exposure to it. My dad and mom went and saw it, and my dad said from the beginning of the film, the first frame to the last frame, he didn't stop laughing once. I get it. And I was like, I have to see it. I find that to be important background, because a lot of our listeners were here,
1: and James, what are we doing today? And I'll say, Boba Hotel. And what? Just like what my was, reaction Bubba to time, what? what? Yeah, Even the name they itself go. is kind of contradictory, something they address in the movie, like, oh. Hotel. obviously Egyptian, <laughs> and kind of a surface-level Egyptian, it's not really a deep cut or anything, but the fact that it's again, spoilers, uh, mummy that is very much out of place and they don't burden themselves over much with thinking about why the mummy is there. (laughs) It's there. They have to react to it.
0: Absolutely. So when I first watched this, um, it was really interesting because when the movie finished, I was trying to convince people I knew that Bubba Hotep, a film about Elvis and Jonathan Kennedy fighting mummy at a rest home in Texas, was a good movie. And of course nobody would believe me this that was like some stupid comedy or whatever. But if you say it's Bruce Campbell as Elvis, that kind of sells a movie right there. Yeah. I mean it was pretty amazing. But I watched it, finished it, and then I was thinking to myself, man, the characters were so fleshed out, so much care went into it as we talk about all the time on this super low budget film, and maybe they just got the right synthesis and then I said to myself, It's almost as if it was a book and then it was a movie. And literally, when I was doing research for this podcast, I finally found out that it was a novella. I don't know how that skipped my mind when I went and first saw it. <laughs> but it was written by Joe R. Lansdale and was uh, a novella. Uh, and uh, Don Coscarelli uh, adapted to Screenwood. Well, I got to say, like, famously.
1: <laughs> I first had this thing pitched to me. My friend didn't really give me the option of not watching it. It's like, this is what we're doing today. You're going to sit down and watch this movie okay, it's a Bruce Campbell thing, he's pretending to be Elvis, fine, whatever. But I feel like with him playing Elvis, Ossie Davis playing JFK, everyone else being (laughs) a normie, it works supremely well. Um, We have huge themes building this movie, making it something really important, and the whole time you don't stop laughing. So to me, it is a great synthesis of comedy, maybe half a teaspoon of horror, but a really emotional drama at some point along the way. Can I tell the context of how I saw it? Yes. Because Kyle mentioned, you know, how he, it came to this podium theater. You mentioned a friend, sat you down and said, this is what you're doing for today. I saw this movie only because Kyle, of course, mentioned it on the podcast. As <laughs> Every my, day. You going to see both yeah. of <laughs> And then he gave me no uh, information on it, really, except maybe the tagline. I, couldn't, like I couldn't. So I went in very fresh. <laughs> Um, how did I acquire a copy of it? Not an Ecuadorian bootleg, but Kyle's mom, shout out to Kyle's mom, sent me a copy of this, like a collector's edition wrapped in an Elvis, little me, Elvis baby style jacket. Definitely a collector's edition. I said, oh my God, now I definitely got to watch this. I, did, I, I watched it. And, and it's funny, because Kyle told me nothing about who's in it, what it's about. And one of my things of feedback afterwards, again, speaking of discovery after the fact, was one of my first pieces of feedback to Kyle was, you know the guy playing Elvis is a pretty good actor. You know? <laughs> yeah. I said I for you. for, a, for a, a kind of low budget B level movie that only has cult status and I never fucking heard of it. I said the guy playing Elvis was good. He was a deep character. He was well acted. He goes, "That's Bruce Campbell." I go,
0: "So I don't know who's Bruce Campbell." <laughs> who's Bruce Campbell? What? Yeah. And then I did God. and then I did research about him. Like, oh this oh, guy Yeah. He's so, very he's very niche. niche. Now he's becoming yes. more mainstream. He's always like.
1: He did Briscoe County Jr. I think he was on wow. Zia. Like he's done <laughs> relatively big TV shows. Yeah,
0: Burn Notice. And, was he you know, in the Spider-Man movies too? He was. He was. Totally Sam, Raimi, uh, Sam Raimi directed Raimi, but... the Spider-Man trilogy, so he, he had a Cam cameo. and
1: uh, Army of Darkness. Those are huge. I'm gonna be honest here, since it's October, Halloween approaching, and early school this month, I'm gonna be honest now on the podcast. You're Dead. I'm pretty sure I've lied about even seeing those. <laughs> Every time Kyle's like, yeah, he's from the Evil Dead. If you listen to a couple more back episodes, oh, I'm yeah, like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, I, I really night of the, like Evil Dead, Evil now Dead Two, Night of the Living Dead. The right? Dream, There's another one. Yes, no. I've seen Night of the Creeps. <laughs> you ever seen Night of the Creeps? No. no. Alright, so no. the Creeps. Thank okay, you. so <laughs> <laughs> we haven't really addressed what happens in the course of this. So. Yes, yeah. Josh, we're going so the here. Do I'm we right. give a little bit of a. Uh, we follow the life of Elvis in a rest home. Yeah, Elvis is revealed early on to not be called Elvis. People give him another name, Half Sebastian Sebastian Half, Half, where he's an Elvis impersonator, and he seems to be confused, but he knows he's Elvis. And as evidence, he references documents which he signed with Sebastian Half, the world's leading Elvis impersonator, to switch places. Yeah, Sebastian Half got to live his dream as the king, but was prone to overindulgence. And eventually died. Do
0: you see that, man? It just went up just like
1: that. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Bruce Campbell, Elvis, has been living Sebastian's half life. There you half-life. go. Half life. There oh, you oh, go. Nice. Um, but he maintains these documents which allow him to switch back. But there's a propane fire where it just went up.
0: It just went up. Yeah. To the fire and up. The <laughs> he loses all
1: documentation. His, he can't see his daughter anymore. And he basically loses all attachment directly to that life. And it's only in this nursing home that he comes across former president John Fitzgerald Kennedy, who <laughs> survived his incident and has been died by the CAA black. So he's living his life as an elderly black man in a retirement home, and no one believes him that he's actually John F. Kennedy. But Elvis knows John F. Kennedy. And he responds to Ozzy Davis. Like they build uh-huh. this relationship again, but they experience. In the White House, in Vegas, they kind of come back to that and grow to trust and kind of unite
0: together against the common threat, which is the Bubba Hotep. (laughs) (laughs) Like some kind of goddamn Bubba Hotep. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Yes. And uh, yeah, we'll talk about the ending later on. But um, the characters all throughout. Ivy Davis, all of his work up to this point, and this film is his final film role before he died. And I I can't think of a better way to leave your legacy after that. (laughs) But
1: he did such a good job. One of the things I really have to say about this is that it is a comedy movie. It is a goof. It is tremendously funny. Every time JFK realizes that he's an elderly (laughs) black man, (laughs) they play it low. But it's funny. But what you're seeing is two men who were powerful kind of coming to grips with the fact that they are no longer. Elvis and JFK are both locked in this shitty Texas nursing home where they're routinely neglected, abused. They're terrified of this thing that's coming after them. And what do they do? They kind of unite against it. They go out with a bang, not to save themselves. And that really is what separates it from other horror movies for me. They all want to survive. Uh These guys are very at peace with death. It's all around them all the time. That's
0: what they work towards in the film.
1: They don't really want to save their lives. They want to thwart evil, and they want to make sure that it does not prey on the innocent anymore. So these guys, in kind of an amazing way, this represents a last hurrah for two world-changing men kind of trying to exert their influence one last time.
0: That was one of the things I loved about it, because right from the title of the movie, you know that it's going to be... of worlds coming together and the the themes that you get in Egyptian culture with a profound respect for the dead. And then you see it juxtaposed in American culture and society where we cast them aside, throw them in the rest home. He's saying he's Elvis and there's like this big conspiracy. Nobody gives a shit. They just they pass it up. He's JFK. I'm thinking on sand here. Right? Nobody
1: cares. They just <laughs> he's leave in front of him inside. The
0: yeah, they uh, so all of these uh the, the themes, the mortality, and then um, him finally coming to the terms with Whatever he's got on his junk uh, that might be cancer or what else, <laughs> whatever that is, is going to kill him. He kind of starts to realize that JFK's played his you know, role, and they're going to do for the benefit of their uh, companions and the elderly in this old folks' home, because no one else will. And it, it takes these two icons, and that's one of the great things that we see throughout the movie, is both of these characters are able to be hilarious and do crazy things in this environment, but their reputations aren't tarnished in any way throughout. It only builds on their legends and the people that they were, and they're still able to take it to these crazy places and make it amazing. There was never a moment in
1: there where I felt that they were in any way disrespectful to Elvis or his family. They were very disrespectful to Sebastian, Half's family Mm -hmm. But to be fair, they were being kind of shitty to Sebastian of who they thought was Sebastian. Right. I, yeah. I I wanna first of all, the analysis here is at, at a level that I never thought <laughs> that this movie would be like. <laughs> That's what I thought made. the first time I watched it too though. But I do agree, there's there's good commentary to be found here on aging and mortality, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I second that. Um I really appreciate Josh's point about <clears> how <throat> they're about survival. That excuse me, most horror movies they're all about the survival, like I'm out of here and they run away. And it's all about the escape. In this movie, they fight back. And uh, you a know, funny quote sort of encapsulates that to me. And they're like, Come and get it, you undead sack of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so that, you know, that to me is very funny because, well, I would love for Kyle to do the voice. So maybe Josh, maybe. Josh? Josh? Oh my God. What the fuck, man? Where did he go?
0: Oh
1: my God. You know. Why did weird shit like this always happen to us right around October? I
0: don't know. This is bizarre. It was it was great chatting with Josh for a minute because he uh, he's one of the people that really understands like fundamentally what I took away from this movie as well. Uh, and I think he mentioned his favorite. <laughs> he's got all the favorite quotes. All the, the quotability of this movie is off the charts. And uh, yeah, we'll get to. I, I, I want you to do that. I want
1: you to do that quote for me in a second, but. What he's sitting
0: right here. I man. know. I don't understand what's going on. He's right in front.
1: How does he vanish? Did you see anything? I is didn't there see trail? anything. Is
0: there? A... He's totally gone. Well, uh, uh I don't know. Should we move on? We, well, should we start over? over. No, we got to keep going. <laughs> okay. Oh, right. give, give me
1: that line, Kyle. Give me that word okay. right, because you do the Elvis voice way better than I. Come and get it. Take uh, it. Because <laughs> it's portable time. I, You got to get some funny
0: quotes out, right? Come and get it, you undead sack of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah. uh, Quote train here. Let's open it up for Yeah. What were some of your other favorite quotes? Early on in the
1: week. Man. I guess I'll try the other one. Yeah, do it. Man, you are one big bitch cockroach.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. You're up. Next. My. My my pecker kind of twitched and then fell still like a fluttering pigeon having a heart attack. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, here's another one.
1: I don't, I don't I don't I wish I remember this one, but apparently it's when uh, JFK tells um, Elvis something. that I don't remember the context, but do I look
0: like an ichthyologist to you? <laughs>
1: Ichthyologist.
0: Like They're they looking at the hieroglyphics. they right? at the hieroglyphics that he's trying to. He's he asks him about uh yeah what they mean or whatever. Yeah. Made I look like an Iggy? I'll just you. <laughs> <laughs> so good, great. And after the uh, the situation with the cockroaches, uh, or rather the scarab beetles attacking him in uh-huh. his sleep, and he kills it. Never fuck with the king. He gets up and looks down the hallway and he's like, hey man. Yeah, uh, I think we got some major bug problems in this place, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> like knife with this huge uh, forked stabbing stabbed in the light. Unreal, what right, else do I'm, you yeah. I'm going to JFK now.
1: I'm JFK.
0: <clears throat>
1: <laughs> would you like a ding-dong? Oh, I, I didn't mean mine. I mean a chocolate ding-dong. Of course, <laughs> mine would be chocolate now that I've been dying.
0: <laughs> Oh, shit. Are we highlighting the absurdity here? That's true. you open a ding dong. Oh, it's great. There have been that's two great. presidential elections since I had a boner like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anytime
1: anybody measures time by, you know, administrations, I love yes, it. Yes, so good. Uh, of course,
0: it's Elvis and JFK there and everything. It's all right. It's so good. Well, here's my, my
1: last one. It's when, following the, the moment where JFK explains to Elvis, what they're doing, with, yeah. mm-hmm. the type of mummy, how it kills people.
0: Yeah,
1: You know how it kills people. It sucks out their soul through their anus, right? Uh, <laughs> their El- exit or if <laughs> Yeah, Elvis is rapping. A shit eater? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, a shit eater! A shit eater, question oh mark. Oh,
0: I agree. You're up. Oh, uh, I love the, uh, I mean, everything is so good. Kemosabe went down, guns blazing, and soul intact yeah. <laughs> the two key words for tonight are caution and flammable and watch your ass <laughs> my you favorite i think my favorite line uh probably in the whole thing is at the very end so we'll go spoiler alert here they're fighting off the mummy you know, uh, Elvis has his bag of mojo around his neck. Um, yeah. And Ozzie Davis was fighting off the mummy. And, of course, Ozzie Davis mm. gets taken out by the mummy and uh, leaves with his soul intact as well. Elvis saves him. But he gets out his bag of mojo, and he reads off the chant to ward off evil, which I didn't write down, but was a really terrible rhyming poem about the spirit of light that will kick you in your great behind. And then he says, "What? But well, that's it, man? Well, shit! It doesn't even rhyme well. Oh yeah, great. And what kind of decoder ring comes with that, huh? Shit." <laughs> Endlessly quotable. I don't love it. so much. And what's the what's the quote that the uh, film ends on, James? You remember? I don't. Damn it. Oh no, you you would. I, the sky rearranges. Elvis takes down the mummy. The hieroglyphics in the sky say, all is well. And Elvis says, thank you. Thank you very much. Fade to black. Excellent. Great ending. It is. Love very it good. so much. So well, coming away with, it's an absurd movie on the surface. And it's an absurd movie to describe and say the lines from and everything. But what did you take away with it? What were some of your favorite parts, favorite things about it? And and what do you think of it overall, you know?
1: Well, I already mentioned Bruce Campbell's acting. I feel yeah. it was
0: excellent. I really
1: did. I I as I was watching, especially early on, I thought, wow, for a movie I'd never heard of and for the absurdity and, and the role that he's being asked to play. Mm-hmm. He's, he's doing he's doing it well. Yeah? Yeah. He was showing all the signs of humorous frustration and aggravation with his his whole setup there very well. So Bruce Campbell. Good. Solid solid. solid, solid <laughs> I also made note uh, right away in the movie of the cinematography. Later on, of course, the special effects are garbage. You know, it's, a, it's a cheap little, you know, $500,000. Yeah, and so I'm not expecting, so the lighting gets a little bit kind of weird and corny, right, later on. But early on, the early scenes in the restaurant showing Elvis just sitting around, Kyle, I think you'll agree with me, He the lighting is great. The still shots are great, uh, showing the perspective of his television from his bed and vice versa. All that was very well handled. Great cinematography early on. Yeah. You know, the action sequences don't have great cinematography because it's a low-budget film. Uh-huh. That's forgivable because at that point it's a lack fest. Right. Right. So you're not worried about that. But the establishment early on of the rest home mm-hmm. and his character, oh, it was great. Absolutely. And the lighting, the tones, you no, know, the lighting, the colors everything. So good. Cool. Um,
0: yeah, I, I think that with the um, with cinematography. Came, there were so many influences from other genres pulling into this, too, that it would have been really easy to get lost in, uh, in trying to convey all those different emotions and feelings and everything. But they really stuck to keeping kind of just that mysterious element around everything, and each shot kind of had, like, a little bit of mystery in it, but they didn't push it too far. You know, it was, it was restrained and, uh, and delicate, and... Um, one of the other really cool things that uh, I like about this movie is the extreme emphasis on the characters' situations over who they are in the movie. And I think that also plays into that role of like, once you've aged, even if you are Elvis, and you know, people aren't caring about you as a person as much as you as your story or as. How you interact in, in their lives. And they play off of that in the movie by explaining who they are and then basically just taking them on this wild journey together <laughs> where they're free to like be crazy dudes at this rest home and like be part of this mad experience at that. And they don't hammer that home, which is great. Yeah. Um, I had all the quotes that I wrote down in 2003. and uh, it's very funny, so we've exhausted that. Kyle, this is your favorite movie. Carry the conversation, man. It is Guy is along here. It is my favorite. Yeah, one of my favorite movies. Um Let's see. What uh what challenges um did you think uh, the movie had? What what limitations in terms besides the budget, were there any other things where you were like eh, any any things that would have kept it from being a perfect movie of all time? Well, well I, I have only one con, right? Yes.
1: And uh, we discussed this a long time ago when I first saw it, and that was the handling of the nurse. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe it's because I knew that actress, and she's been in a lot of things since, and she's very capable. She's a great actress. I didn't like her treatment at the end. I told you this the whole time. Mm-hmm. The way she gets shouted at by Elvis and just sort of dismissed, and that's her final scene. She just gets yelled at in a very vicious way. And I thought, you know, for all her jokes and her artists I don't think she deserved that. Um... Maybe a little bit more of an epilogue for her uh, yeah. character arc. Treat, yeah, out. exactly. The treatment of her character was the weak point in the movie for me. I thought I was going to be a little bit more disappointed in JFK dying um, when I saw that being telegraphed. But then I you yeah, know, no, it's all right. Mm-hmm. But, because like Josh was saying that... Thank hey, you, Josh. <laughs> 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 and human fantasy, he would not even <laughs> here. We'll have to you check know. the audio and see if
0: we recorded it. Then. Oh, my God. That would be super, that wouldn't it?
1: I the mic is still picking up something from a different dimension. Oh my god, you yeah. we have to listen to the podcast. We got all it. those ghost hunter people. See if they can pull anything off Alright, hopefully nothing else crazy will happen on this podcast. Yeah, so maybe, we have bad memories of last October. We we put that behind us. Josh is screwing with us or something together. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's my old con, the nurse. The nurse. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And
0: uh yeah, and I, I, I agree with you as well. And one of the things that I think um assisted in that decision was keeping the movie concise and kind of just working towards that climax at that point. But also that she was not in a in a, a rude way, but she was kind of Elvis's antithesis for most of the movie. She was the one that was taking care of him, just was like, oh whatever you say, Mr. Half, or whatever. Um, and was trying to keep him like in line, like, you know you're not Elvis and everything. And and it was wearing him down, and then you see him kind of grow as a human uh, at the end there. And he does yell at her. And I think, yeah, that's okay. But then I think, yeah, there needs to be follow-up of, of the repercussions to that. Because she was such a big part of his life and was the only one that was there, you know, caring for him at this place. So an acknowledgement of, you know, that she is one of the people that works at a place like that, even if it sucks. Because we see with the other two employees that work there, they don't give a shit. Whenever anybody dies... Yep. <laughs> That was going to be my next question to you, Kyle. Your opinion on the, on
1: the what do you call the Freaking frat. <laughs> dumb and dumber. The Morgue guys, I don't know. I don't know, do you think they've worked there, or do they just pick up boys?
0: That's a good question. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, they might have just been pick up people. I don't
1: know. I don't know, right? Maybe yeah. they work worked for the Morgue the coroner.
0: Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, what did you think of
1: those two guys? They're kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. it
0: was funny. There was a good... uh good comic relief that pops in from some of the more serious things that were going on, and uh, just like some dumb slapstick humor like them dropping the body or whatever (laughs) and all of that, so yeah, that was good, I liked that well, uh will let's take it one step further, alright um let's, uh, where do you think in terms of the writing of this film, like uh, like screenplay-wise and everything? Because we've talked about cinematography a little bit, talked about the acting. Um, it is It has such great quotes throughout it, and one of the things that I felt like was a big strength was that it was one of those movies that didn't tell you what was going on every step of the way, and it instead had real characters that were talking to each other for most of it. How did you feel about the screenplay? I,
1: I think you just made an excellent point. Um, juxtaposing it with a movie that we've seen where the script becomes a narrative, it wasn't that, so it didn't fall to that shit trap, right? Uh-huh. Of bad movie making. Um, the writing was rich at times. The dialogue, you said it way back in the beginning of the podcast, there was care put into this. yeah. And sure, it wasn't written so that these could be, you know, in the, in the age of quotables. Like, oh, uh-huh. I'm going to quote this movie, LC quotable. This is endlessly quotable because the dialogue between the two main characters, especially, has that care and creativity. Not, not throw away one punch and then move on from there. We're like sort of Will Ferrell style crap, right? Which we, <laughs> you know, we've expressed our opinion about that in some of We have yeah, indeed. Um, it's creative and clever. It's and it's it's colorful and,
0: and and yeah, you get you get what I'm
1: saying. Yeah, yeah. I like well, that can.
0: a lot. I love the um the fact that, as we mentioned before, the the inevitability of death being kind of the the big theme, because that's pretty heavy for a, uh, for a, um, uh, uh, I mean, just any sort of comedy to take on, but especially one with uh, these characters that were so well-liked and kind of disappeared under really mysterious, or not mysterious, and really terrible situations. And then to be able to highlight them here was great. In fact, I have uh well, maybe I didn't bring it. Um James? Okay. Now somebody is super fucking with me right now. James, come on. Where the fuck did he go? <sighs> like uh Okay now there's weird noises happening um <clears throat> uh, okay we're gonna have to uh go ahead and wrap this up here because uh everybody's gone now except for me faded off um so okay so um uh, i'm just gonna uh, put a grade on it um a solid a for me uh, um you know what, uh James got notes uh B plus. Hey great! Uh let's run these better grades. Okay, uh B plus for James. Um uh, and with that, uh, we're out of time here, so uh um Ladd <laughs> on set at gmail.com and check us out YouTube. Oh my god, it's the mummy oh shit, Are you, ship oh, sack of shit! Oh, <laughs> I saw you coming out of the